66 yards! Mack on the screen pass! Stiff-armed a chief defender and then almost lost his footing. Stumbled into the end zone, flying the last three yards. And the Broncos go 75 yards to open the second half in five plays. And we've got ourselves a football game. Seven oh one. Thanks for joining us. Broncos come up short despite the screen pass to Marlon Mack. It's like, come on, Marlon, don't, don't, don't fall there. Come on, come on. Fortunately, he was like inside the five. Get this guy at some point, right? <laughs> well, fortunately, when he started doing it, he was inside the five, and yeah, nothing else was at least going to be good situation for Denver. Though we've seen how things go in the red zone. Marlon just just get to the end zone. And he did. Russell Wilson takes the huge hit in that game. Mark Kissel in the post today. Questioning why Russ would want to continue playing football after taking a hit like that. I'll say this about it's yesterday. It's not at all self-serving. I know Kisla, is it? I, I know, just kind of. It's kind of like, well, they, I think he knows and understands the inherent risks of the occupation that he's in. Well, then and, if he's Russ, been in for quite some time. Then if Russ retires because of injury, Kisla can go on there and call him a quarter of a million dollar wimp. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me, to be quite honest. It was that kind of. That, that kind of response. Mm-hmm. And I, my son, I'm like, okay, okay, he he understands the risks associated with playing the game. You know, the, the headline is, is $245 million worth the brain damage to Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. Because when he got hit by Frank Clark... He said that Wilson was squealing after he hit him. And, you know, Russ had the, it was on the right side of his forehead, the large lump. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think every guy has that, that question after they've been hit the way Russ was hit yesterday. You're, You're going to have that at some point as the fog clears. Now, is this really worth it to me? And and, and some for, from a lot of guys, yes, it is. And they know it's just like I said, it's just it's an occupational hazard. It's part it's part of playing the game. I, I guess the case of Kislet does he does he bring up something that that every player that's gone through that that they've maybe asked themselves that question? Yeah, probably so. I have a feeling that Russell Wilson's not he's not going to make a proclamation that this is this is it and he's done. Cuz I don't think Russell Wilson's wired that way. No. I think we've seen that, we know that. He's not wired that way. And and for Wilson to have still enough wherewithal in him to to come out of the blue tent, which I thought was a genuinely cool thing cuz under the circumstances nobody would have blamed him if he didn't come out and Congratulate Brett Rippon. Mm-hmm. No, but everybody would have understood that. Hey, totally get that. But he, but he took the moment to do that, and that's that's the kind of stuff 
that that helps maybe him become the leader of this football team. When number one, not not that not that I wanted to see him get hit the way he got hit by Frank Clark. Nobody does, right? But he's kind of putting himself on the line, and what's been an awful season. And then to come over to Rippon when Rippon delivers a big play, say thanks, man. I just, you know, I, the Kizzle thing, I get it. I understand. It was a scary moment watching Russ prone the way he was. Mm-hmm. And then the the large lump on the side of his head. I get it. Understand it. But is it a little, I don't want to use the term overreactionary because I never want to say that when it, when it comes to head injury. I never want to say that. But do you really think Russell Wilson is contemplating Calling it quits after that? No. No. But I do think the lump was the rest of Hollywood Russ trying to come out. More than just a swollen portion of his head. Really? Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know. So. Okay. That that's, that's your response to the man having a lump on the side of his head. Okay. Um, and away we go this morning. Yeah. Jim and the Buckeye no, I, boy. No, you're. you're that's I, a bad I, hit. I was. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad hit. It wasn't like it was. I, you know, it just. It was awkward. He landed on his head. It he, wasn't a dirty hit by Frank no, Clark. Not I'm not. I don't feel that way at all. He he had a bump on the noggin, got a concussion, and I mean that's that's that right. It, There's not not a whole lot more to say about it. Other than that, that's part of playing the game, and you understand that that's that's part of the risk. That that you take when you play, play play football, play professional football in particular. And I, I just you know to to me the article is, I, I'm not sure. Is Mark Kisla trying to make us more aware of head injuries and the decisions that Russell Wilson no when you know a decision he may have to make? I, I, I'm That's not, not Mark Kisla's mo at all. Yeah. I mean, what 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 we watched transpire? If you watch the game mm-hmm. or the descriptions of Dave Logan, I mean, it was it was a scary, awful hit. It wasn't a cheap hit, but it's the hit that comes with playing a collision sport, not a quote contact sport. I just I just think it it, it borders on a little at the, over the top. And have you have you read the the column yet? I have not. I saw the headline. But it was like right before we got started, so I haven't clicked on it yet. Yeah. So Russell Wilson's now in the concussion protocol, and I, I just there, there's a part of me that respects that he he put it he's putting on the line yesterday, mm-hmm. knowing what what this would have meant to to this team in this really dreadful season to beat Kansas City in the 13 game now 14 game losing streak. Yeah. And and I'll, and I'll give the Broncos credit. They they could have just said, "Not our day." Another chapter in a bad season. At some point, we're mm-hmm. we're going to have a game that we're going to get just trucked. We're going to get boat raced. That day is today. But they didn't. And while the defense gave up yards and points, there are some plays like the the Jerick McKinnon touchdown, the the pass from Patrick Mahomes, where he's scrambling toward the sideline. Looks like and the Broncos got him. Then, 
And he just kind of almost yeah. like even a little bit no look, just flips it to Jarek McKinnon. And Justin Simmons has caught no man's land. Mm-hmm. Do I come up on run support because Mahomes can run? What do I do here? So he peels off McKinnon. Right. And McKinnon's like, there's a place you just have to go. That's incredible improvisation. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible play by a future Hall of Fame quarterback. That sort of thing just happens and when you're playing the Chiefs. Yeah, and they're going to make plays like that. I mean, how many passes did Travis Kelsey drop yesterday? You know, it, yeah. it could have been so much worse. Like, you're right. The Broncos could have given up. They could have quit. When Brett Rippon came in, they could have just, you know, both sides packed it up a little bit. I do feel that for a little bit, not the entirety of the first half, but it felt like the Broncos' defense a little bit was taking personally the, well, you should have stopped the Ravens. Yeah. It kind of felt that way a little bit. Now, they gave up 27 points right out of the gate. They well, got almost all of it back. Except for, but, except for one, because it was the pick gay with the pick six on, on Russ. So, I mean, they gave up a couple of touchdowns. They ultimately ended up giving up 27 points. Right. Anyway, just not the 27 nothing lead. Exactly. It felt like they were taking it a little bit personally. Now, not to agree with Sean Keeler at all, even though I had this on my own. That the team photo down 27 nothing looks really stupid. I agree. Whether I, you whether you lose by 6, lose by 50, that's that it's dumb as it is. It's really dumb when you're down four touchdowns. I, I guess if that's what you need when you're a three and nine, now three and ten football team, right? I, I, I guess. I my thought when I saw them going, why? Yeah, you're you're still down big here. It's, it's it was a great play by Josie Jewell. That's a great interception. Go go build off of that. Offense. Leave it go, at that. Yeah, and just and just okay, let's go. I, and they went down and scored, and Josie got Josie got another one, and Patrick Sertan got a pick, and the defense played well after that. That doesn't then excuse the well. See, they they knew what they were. No, it looks stupid, it, and it, it looked ridiculous with a twenty-seven nothing goose egg on the board, and you're running sixty yards down the field to take a team photo in the end zone. Yeah, I I don't care what the, the Broncos' record. Could be eight or nine wins, mm-hmm. but they're still down in the game like that. I'm going, what are you doing? And I don't like, care if looks, it was... It looks, it looks silly. It looks stupid. If Jewel was doing it, or like Josie said, it was Justin Simmons' idea, doesn't matter. It still looks dumb. I said, the, the only thing I can say is, I, I guess if that's what you need to get the fire stoked, okay, I guess. I, it still looks dumb. I, I mean, you This got, is going to be for a Broncos fan. I thought it looked dumb. I was like, wait, wait really? We're going to... You're down twenty-seven nothing here, guys. You picked off Pat Sertan three times. He still went north of three fifty and thirty points. Patrick Mahomes. Who'd I say? Sertan. Either way. Uh <laughs> who did you get a pick on him? I've heard it both ways. Uh Patrick Mahomes <laughs> went north of three fifty, three touchdowns. Yeah. You picked him off three times. You still let him let the team go for almost five hundred yards of offense. Yeah, they still had a big day offensively. You know. I, I so, mean, and, and look like at the, what are the Denver defense doesn't force those turnovers. Game's not close. It's a fifty burger. Yeah, it's and and so it's it's great that they did that, but it's still. I mean, they. I mean, Broncos covered. Then lose by what eight and a half? I think was what the final number was before. Uh, yes. So, I, I I just KC almost hit the over under on their own though. Yeah, they yes, they did. 
I just think there there were there were good things that came out of the game. There were you know, kind of like today. It's good, the bad, the ugly. There was yeah. there was good, there was bad, and there was ugly. You know, Russell Wilson with that with the hit on him and what transpired there that that was that was ugly. The interception. That's just once again, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the Patrick Mahomes play, the Jerick McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have to go. Damn, that was a good play. The the pick by Gay. Yeah, I mean that was just a Russ was was trying to float it over him. Didn't have anywhere to go with the football. Mm-hmm. They went for it on what a fourth and two. I think was the deal in that situation. If memory serves me correctly, uh, maybe? I have to fact check look. that for me. I believe, but I, I I could be incorrect on that. But I mean, he's out in the right Fourth flat. He's trying to float it out there, and Gay makes a hell of a play. Sometimes you just get like Mahomes with the pass to Jarek McKinnon. You just got to go. Damn, that was a good play. And, and that's just how it goes. But I'll, I'll give Denver credit for for not giving up. They 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 could have easily said, "We're done here." This is how this we we are we are due for a game to just get rolled. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they would get rolled. I thought they would keep it within. I was hoping they could keep it, you know, maybe under twenty-eight. They got over that, obviously. Yeah. But then the, you know, but then the offense contributed a touchdown as well. So, but neither here nor there. They still lost a football game. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't really matter. But I, I I was pleased with what I saw from the offense at times in that game. And I thought for the most part Russ played pretty well, with the exception of the. The interception, which, once again, sometimes you just got to give give somebody credit for just making a great play. Yeah, outside of the interception, Russ played well. I agree with you. I thought he played well. Didn't get a, a ton from the other guys around him, at least running the ball and, no. you know, blocking pass rushers. That still needs offensive a fair line, amount of work. Offensive line still terrible. They sucked yesterday. Russ got sacked six times, and I could have sworn it was at least ten. You know, yeah, it, he led the team in rushing. That's also not good. That's not good. You know, Jerry Judy seemed to have a game that everybody kind of expected out of him. The yard numbers are great, seventy-three. Lost but, his mind yesterday. Yeah, and maybe he kind of needed that a little maybe bit. So, because I agree with well, who's it? James Lofton, the guy who knows a thing or two about playing wide receiver, right? Talking about how he used that frustration and he kind of turned it into a positive energy to where agreed they really couldn't cover him a lot after that and it felt like at least this was the first game where it really felt like the Broncos kind of not necessarily the entire team but maybe just Russ shredded the I'm Russell Wilson and just went out and played it felt a whole lot like Russ was out there just playing football instead of right. portraying Russell Wilson playing football, right? We've talked about it for about a month now, about how it feels like he's playing a movie character. And that kind of feels like how he's playing football. And yesterday didn't really feel like that after that will uh, gay interception. Right. And he played probably his, his best game under... Under constant duress once again. Yeah. And, you know, they dialed up some things to work. The, the screen pass to Marlon Mack. Give Marlon Mack credit on that play. Guy hasn't been with the Broncos all that long. 
and that that was a big game changing moment. The mm-hmm. the sixty three yard screen pass to him. I, I just yeah, I thought it was Russ's best game. And like I said, to see him come out of the tent, and I didn't take that as you know, equivalent of the high knee lifts on the plane to London. Right. I took that as that's what a leader does. Because that would have been, like I said before, totally understandable if he didn't come out and do that. Go over to Brett Rippon and say, hey, great job. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody should have compl- should have criticized him at all if he didn't do that. But he did it. Because that's what being a leader is about. Mm-hmm. Showing appreciation for guys. Hey, you picked me up there after I, I yeah. got knocked out. You, you picked up our football team. And, and I'm, and, not, I'm, and not, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm just with you on that. It was more, it was more about just Russ being the kind of guy that he's certainly mm-hmm. we've seen in the past. Being a guy that's uh, you know can be an upper tier quarterback when he you know when when he has the tools around him right now. He right. doesn't. Let's be let's be fair to Wilson now at this stage of the season. No Cortland Sutton yesterday. No Tim Patrick. No no KJ Hamler. I, I'm just, no no Javante Williams. What? No Garrett Bowles. No, no Dalton Reisner yesterday. Seven even. of the starting ten around him in Seattle or to start the season in Crane Camp weren't there. Yeah. You know, no Reisner, no Bowles, no Patrick, no Sutton, no Williams, no Melvin Gordon. I mean, the offensive line was Calvin Anderson, Cam Fleming, Graham Glasgow, Luke Wattenberg, and Quinn Miners. And, if you expected uh, that to be your starting five, Natani Mute also played yesterday on that line. In, yeah, yeah, you know, but none of those guys were expected to start no. in any of those positions. You know, Wattenberg, Noah Lloyd, Cushenberry. Wattenberg was getting he was getting trucked, trucked yesterday. But you have three linemen, your top two wide receivers, and both running backs, and the tight end who you expected to get a lot out of, and Albert O. All of those guys from the start of training camp weren't there. Yeah. Yesterday, so you know, Russ did as best he could, and I'm not, I'm not even gonna attribute the Brett Rippin, yeah, good job, buddy, to the Russell Wilson of how should I act in this situation, right? Because a lot of leadership is a put on, right? Sometimes when adversity is going against you and you have to go congratulate other guys, even at the expense of yourself, that's not really that natural. It's kind of all a put on, no matter who does it. And so that one's not even a situation of, oh, look at Russ. Look at Russ again. That I didn't even... I took it as just... I took it as... That's what you should do. Right. And so the, I saw a little bit. It's like, oh, come on, Russ. That's more the Russ well, act. And I didn't think it was... Because leadership is kind of an act, no matter who it is. It's that a, one yesterday didn't strike me that way. To me, Russ. it's acknowledging that, that your teammate went in and made a play... They've got you within one score of, of trying to win a football game. You picked me up. I got knocked out. Right. You picked you picked us up. You picked me up. You picked us up as a football team. Came off the bench cold. And that was a great throw to Jerry Judy, by the way, by by Brett Ripley. Tell you, quarterback of the future, Brett Ripley. Okay. <laughs> settle, settle down. But I, I just, yeah, if people want to say he was being phony there, shut up. Shut up. That was that's just what he right. should have done in that moment, if he felt capable of doing that, considering what had just transpired yeah. with him. But a lot of leadership is to call it an act isn't really fair. I just can't think of the word right now. A lot of it is something that you have to force yourself to do and think about. 
that situation is one of those. It's like you said, it's very easy for him to come out of the blue tent, go down those stairs, and disappear into the train newsroom, right? It's very easy. And if he just he got does concussed. That, yeah. If he does that, people will pile on board the Russ. Oh, look at Russ. It's all about Russ, right? So he's in a no win situation. He just, the no win was the yeah. teammate side. And that, again, that goes to it. He felt like an actual human yesterday, not a caricature of a quote unquote quarterback. You know, it felt like the, okay, what does the quarterback in the movie or the TV show do in this situation? It didn't feel like that yesterday. No, I, I, I agree with you on that. I just, just feel like if you're, you know, if you're watching that game, that you, number one, we hope Russell Wilson's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. He's in the concussion protocol, and we hope he's going to be okay. But you kind of hope that maybe if it's not 2022, that maybe this is the, this is the game, the moment that for 2023, maybe turn some things for this football team because they. They were shorthanded yesterday. Nobody feels bad for you in the league if you got injuries. But Denver was shorthanded yesterday. And they found a way to at least stay in that game and have an opportunity to beat a team that most people didn't think they had, including us, didn't think they had a chance of really staying with. They didn't really have a snowball's chance, I thought. No. All right, so 721, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Let's get to... What's happening? Good, the bad, the ugly. It's Monday. What makes your list? Text or call us 970-242-1340. The Broncos rally from a 27-0 deficit came up short in their 34-28 home loss to Kansas City on Sunday. Denver linebacker Josie Jewell had his first career two-interception game, and he says the effort they displayed Sunday shows they're better than 3-10. and 10. I know we can beat anybody we play here, so that's what we got to be playing like, and that's what we got to be practicing like, so we're going to finish the year strong. Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson threw for 247 yards with three touchdowns and one interception. He left the game after taking a big hit from Chiefs defensive lineman Frank Clark. Wilson did not return after being diagnosed for a concussion. Brett Rippon came on to replace Wilson and threw a touchdown pass to Jerry Judy. Judy had eight catches for 73 yards and a career-best three touchdowns. Denver hosts the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday with pregame at noon and a 2:05 kickoff on the Team Sports Network. Monday Night Football tonight. What do you know? Speak of the devil, the Arizona Cardinals. On Monday Night Football tonight, yeah. take on Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. Pre-game at 5.30 tonight on the Team Sports Network on that one. Moving on to, uh, as far as the Avalanche, can you uh, cue me some music there, Maestro, by the way, for the Avalanche? Uh, yeah, give me two seconds. Three, two, one. So, Miko Rantanen gets it done for the Avalanche in St. Louis. Uh the Avs trailing by a goal. The Blues ran and ties the game up on a six-on-five with nine seconds left, capping off a three-goal performance with the overtime winner as Colorado ends its four-game winless skid. They beat the Blues in St. Louis at Enterprise Center 3-2, to two, and it's uh, Miko Rantanen's second hat-trick of the season, by the way. <laughs> also, we had uh, college basketball on Sunday. CSU moves to 7-4. and four. They beat the Peru State Bobcats 115-72. to 72. And the uh, Rams were led uh, by Isaiah Stevens. 24 points, 10 assists for Isaiah Stevens in that game. Is there a direct flight from Lima to Fort Collins? Does they have to make a connection there from Peru? I'm not sure. Probably. I would say so. 
Never even heard of that I'm, school before. I don't work for Expedia. I'm not a travel agent, so I, I, can't, I can't answer that yeah. question. <laughs> At different points in the Cutter Mesa men's 71-65 win at Regis on Saturday, it looked like it could be a CMU runaway or a dramatic Regis comeback. Mavericks jumped out to a big lead early, held a 13-point advantage at half in the second half. The Rangers took a 60-55 lead. Mack Rineker scored six points in 90 seconds to turn the tide and get the Mavericks the win. CMU assistant coach Kyle Boshe says Rineker is a one-of-a-kind player. He's gone a totally different direction than what we anticipated. We thought he was going to be a point guard for us, and turns out he is one of the most physical small ball centers you will find. He is just a blast to coach, and it's just a pleasure to have him on our side of the ball. Renneker had 21 points Friday night in the win against UCCS, setting a career high in that win. The Mavs come home with a 7-3 and record, 2-2 two and two in the RMAC. For the CMU women, they overcame a deep third-quarter hole to lead Regis heading into the fourth quarter, but the Rangers trio of Aaron Fry, Aaron Stroberg, and Josie Ryan were too much for Colorado Mason, a 72-64 loss Saturday to Regis in Denver. Those three combined for 45 points in the night, and assistant coach Anna Pollard says they didn't expect Ryan to shoot that well. She comes out and hits three threes almost right right at the very beginning, Josie does, and um, she hasn't shot it great all season, so that was tough, just solid. You know, she can get to the rim, she can shoot the jumper, she can shoot the three, and um, she's a hard guard. Mavericks also lost to UCCS Friday night. They're 1-9 on the season, 0-4 in conference play. Moving on to prep sports, Palisade boys basketball team won the Cowboys shootout in Meeker. They beat the host Cowboys 58-51 in the finale. Central Warriors boys basketball team, their unbeaten start to the season came to an end Saturday, losing 73-65 and a barn burner to Highland in the final of the Steamboat Springs Tournament. Fruit of Monument boys stay unbeaten after a 76-65 win over Weld Central to wrap up the Bear Creek Tournament. Montrose boys wrapped up the Demon Invitational with a 65-45 loss at the hands of Faith Christian. The Red Hawks route scored 23-14 in the second quarter to trail 35-23 at half, but were unable to overcome the deficit after the break. Montrose is now 5-1 and one on the season. Also had uh, the Palisade girls basketball team. They dropped all three games at the Glenwood Springs Tournament. They lost to Moffat County on Saturday, 56-41. Central girls lost their first game of the season, the final day of the Wildcat Classic at Fruta, falling to Castleview by the score of 41-34. Grand Junction Tiger girls dropped all three games of the Wildcat Classic over the weekend. They lost to Basalt uh, 34-30 on Friday before losing to Ponderosa on Saturday, 53-24. They're 0-5 to start the season. And uh, Fruit Monument Girls, they host, of course, the Wildcat Classic. They won all three games. Wildcats into the weekend with a 54-42 win over Carbon County. On Saturday, Montrose Girls Basketball Team, they won their fifth straight with a 51-9 win over Basalt Saturday. After losing their season opener, the Red Hawks have rolled. They have outscored uh, their three opponents in Glenwood Springs at that tournament by an average score of 57-17. Also, Central and Fruit of Monuments uh, boys wrestling teams competed at the Wasatch Intermountain Duels in Utah. The Warriors went 3-1. and one. With an 8 no weekend from 106-pound Elijah Hernandez, Wildcats went 1-3 and three with 138-pound Will Stewart and 215-pound Tatum Williams going 8-0. and oh. Montrose and Cedar Edge took 3rd and 4th at last weekend's Panther Invitational Wrestling Tournament at Delta. Montrose defending 4A 285-pound state champion Demarion Lopez won a championship along with 126-pound teammate Cameron Allegra, Delta's top-ranked 106-pound Dawson Drozdick won his weight class. Palisades Keaton Young won the 138-pound title. And uh, there was also girls high school wrestling with the uh, D51 Phoenix this past weekend. And uh, they were competing over at, uh, I'm trying to find uh, the tournament, they were competing at the 
Uh, Grizzly Invitational in Mesa Ridge. They finished second on Saturday, scoring 145 points. Chatfield won the title at that one. All right, and that's a quick look at... What's happening? All right, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Your takeaway from yesterday. Broncos, it's, it's another one-score loss for Denver. This time they, they lose to Kansas City, but they trailed it 27 to nothing. Does that provide any encouragement for next season? Whether it's Nathaniel Hackett that's still going to be coaching this football team or not? I mean, now I'm, I'm hearing more and more of the, well, George Payton's got to go. George Payton's not going anywhere. He's not. Nor is Russell Wilson. Hackett? No. The only way I could see Hackett being gone, if if somehow they feel like a couple things. Number one, they, they, they decide they're going to pursue Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to go after him. And they're going to give him more authority in regard to you know, a GM kind of role with this team along with being the head coach. Or or Peyton Manning suddenly says, you know what? Yeah, I think I'd like, I think I want to get into this. I think I, I, think I want to be a, in a front office role. And I could see where the, oh, this ownership group, the Walton Pinner ownership group would say, yeah, you know what? Peyton Manning, this is a guy everybody knows. Let's let's like give it, you know, this guy that we, I think, is well-respected by by people across football. Let's give him a shot here at this. I don't think either one of those things happen, though. I really don't. I don't think Peyton has any desire at this point in time. I think he loves the Manning cast stuff. I think he loves the media mm-hmm. side of things. I don't think he cares about... He loves the X's and O's. I think he loves talking about them. I don't feel like he wants to get into the whole front office thing at this point in his career. Yeah, I, I don't think so. And as far as the triumvirate of Hackett, Peyton, and Wilson, the only one that I am certain of coming back next year is Russell Wilson. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a guarantee that George Payton comes back. I I think that he still ends up being this team's GM next year. I yeah, think, I I mean, I, I see it happening that way, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's jettisoned at the end of the season because the lack of depth is really starting to become apparent on the offensive line, some other places, and that's on him. That's not on Nathaniel Hackett. No, it's true. You know, the fact that, yeah, you can point to a ton of injuries, but a lot of teams have injuries and they have guys that can step up. I mean, the Niners are on their third quarterback and they put up 35 <laughs> yeah. points yesterday. So well, it's you because, can only point to injuries so much. It's because they got a great defense. Their their playmakers, well, now Debo Samuel's out, has been, you know, except right. a quarterback. Like I know they help. have a good defense, but the defense didn't score any points yesterday. No. Nobody gave him a chance to score. I mean, gave him opportunities to win that football game by giving them field position. And I mean, no, I'm not saying that the defense went mm-hmm. out and scored all those points against Tampa Bay. But defense does factor into that in terms of field position, mm-hmm. in terms of turn. Look for the Broncos yesterday. If they don't get those those picks by Josie Jewell early on, that that game doesn't turn the way it does. Right. And and so I'm j- I just say that as. Some guys can find players that, while not starters, can still be contributors and can still help the team win. With a good defense and a third quarterback, the Niners put up 35 points. With and they a have good an op- defense and a top-tier quarterback, the Broncos are 3-10. and 10. 
Well, their offensive line's better. I mean, come on, let's let's be honest about that. The Niners have a much better yeah. offensive line. That's and and watching. Look, I get it. Luke Wattenberg's a rookie, but he's got man. He looked like it. He got manhandled yesterday. Was it Jones? I think he was trying to block Jones. Chris couple, Jones. I and and, he and, was, and, he, and he beats a lot of guys, but he ma- he made Luke Wattenberg look like a freshman kid going up against a senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ju- he just ate his lunch. And then they finally pulled him. You're you're right in that the depth, particularly on the offensive line, that's something that George that that's a George Payton's desk. That that's that's on him. The wide receiver depth, uh, I think at times like Jalen Virgil, use the guy more. I mean, it seems like they're they mm-hmm. you know they they have yet Brandon Johnson. You've You've got to see what these guys can do now. Yeah. And and you have to be unafraid to play them in football games and give them opportunities when you don't have Tim Patrick, you don't have Cortland Sutton, you don't have KJ Hamler. And yeah. like Kendall Hinton's a nice he's a nice story. And he's not a bad receiver. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden now he's become number three in this depending on who's available, right? Right. Jerry Judy, Dolchich. And him, he's like your third yeah. best target. There's definitely usage issues for sure. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying it's all George Payton, but right. definitely there's enough blame offensively to go to go around. I'm, I'm not saying that George Payton's hands aren't you know are totally clean yeah. in this whole thing. I think though they're going to feel like he's done a good job in terms of drafts and things like that, and bringing in guys like DJ Jones, mm-hmm. Kwan Williams. That the problems are elsewhere. But he's on a very short leash. Yeah, I just think the like I don't think he's bulletproof, and I think the same Hackett, he's not our guy, applies to George. Payton. Could very well be the case. Yeah, also, his relationship's a little more intimate with the front office or with the, with the ownership group, and so that that could that could be something that's in his favor. He gets to state his case on a more frequent basis with Greg Penner and and that group. I agree with you. I don't think he's bulletproof. Mm-hmm. I think it's unlikely they fire him, though. I think I think it's high. I think it's, I know it's highly unlikely. Might be, I think it's very unlikely. I think it's unlikely. I think it's very unlikely. He probably gets fired. I just saying I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be stunning, right? I, I don't think it. Nobody should feel that way. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. Get to us today on the Chick Fil A Breakfast Team phone line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team. First to goal at the Kansas City 5, 14 seconds to go. You obviously cannot get tackled in bounds and you cannot take a sack. Two by two, they said Dulcich attached left side. Russ looks left, now in trouble. Throws the ball wide open is Judy. Touchdown, Denver! Jerry Judy wide open in the northeast corner. Kansas City completely forgot about him. Trent McDuffie beaten on the play, and the Broncos are back in this thing. Down 27-13 with nine seconds left in the half. 
All right, there's Dave Logan, 850-KOA Broncos Network on the team yesterday with uh, Jerry Judy, one of the three touchdown catches he had yesterday, a career best for Jerry Judy after the game. He spoke with 850-KOA. Susie Wardgen in the locker room talking with a guy that had three touchdown receptions, Jerry Judy. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Jerry, three touchdowns in one game. Last time you scored a touchdown, it was in Jacksonville, so it's been a few weeks. You had some games that you sat out because of injury. I know it wasn't a win, but to be that go-to guy and get those three TDs, that was huge for you today. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to go out there and do my best to help my team win. You know, it was, the Chiefs is a great team. You know how to put up points, so I just did everything that I needed to do to help put up points as well. So, but we ain't finished at the top, at, at the top, but we still got a lot of work on. Jerry, what'd you feel though with this offense when that spark started to happen, especially those final two minutes of that first half? I mean, everything was rolling, and finally it seemed like the ball's going in the Broncos' direction for the first time in a long time. Yeah, it was just uh, uh, after that first touchdown, it was just a whole different energy, a whole different level of energy so we just fed off that energy kept that momentum going and just kept making plays so how do you keep this going for the next four well just study this film tomorrow see what we did did wrong fix our mistakes and just keep grinding throughout the week all right jerry thank you i know you got to get on the podium appreciate it all right dave there's jerry judy for you all right so jerry judy speaking with Susie Wurgen after the game of course during the game who's visibly upset latavius murray tried to calm him down he shrugged off latavius murray I don't even know who you are. Get away from me. <laughs> Leave me alone. You're going to be here in four weeks. Get out of here. <laughs> Jerry Judy or Latavius Murray? Latavius think, Murray. Or maybe both. I think, bro, I think Judy's, Judy's finally maybe starting to pay some dividends for this football team. Latavius mm-hmm. Murray, as good of a guy as he seems like it is and everything, he has yeah. and everything, he's not going to be with this team in 2023. I do like, though, you can kind of get a feeling even if you didn't pay attention you can kind of get a feeling on how the Broncos season is going based on Dave Logan's calls because the touchdowns there's so much joy and surprise (laughs) that they made it when they were Peyton Manning and John Elway it was and that's a Denver touchdown it's 49 nothing you know very lackluster because we see these all the time I think he has a new appreciation for touchdowns Dave Logan. Because he hasn't seen he that hasn't many seen of, them. of them. No, yeah. other teams, yeah, yeah, on occasion, but not not for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. We talked about Wilson and, and the injury. He got hit by Frank Clark. It was just you know landed awkwardly down around the two. He was you know running and won Thornhill. You know came up from the end zone and then Clark got him from behind in just awkward spot, slammed him to the just ground, squished him a little bit, yeah. yeah. And Brett Rippon, who came in and threw the touchdown pass to Jerry Judy, in replacing Wilson, here's a comment from from Rippon. He was stepping up and making plays and putting his body on the line. Man, we can say all we want, but we we are three and nine, and they were nine and three. And the guy's battling his butt off to try to win the game. That to me is someone I want to follow. And that's the kind of thing where, like, I, I feel like with with. With what with what happened with Rush yesterday? Number one, we hope he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. He's in the concussion protocol. I think this is a perfect time to maybe get Russ ready for twenty three, though. I uh, maybe so, and I, I think there's probably some truth to that. And um, but I think though, if there were guys in that locker room that not, are not sure about him and wanting to follow his lead, and then maybe some of the stuff is 
corny and hokey and, and silly. That that that's the thing that guys appreciate it when you put it on the line. Mm-hmm. He put it on the line yesterday on that play, and had had his his best game as a Bronco quarterback with circumstances that were less than ideal in terms of offensive line and talent around him making plays for him. But he found a way to take chicken poop and, and make chicken salad out of it. And to play with, with that kind of determination, I know it, it sounds probably sounds hokey on my part, but guys appreciate that and respect that. And they're going to forget the other stuff that they think silly. That's the stuff that matters to them. That guy's putting his butt on the line for us today. Yeah, and like I said, leading up to that pick six, it still felt a little bit like Russell Wilson the movie, right? It was what is the the script says I drop back and I just heave a bomb down the field for a touchdown. And then the the pick six happened and it just kind of felt like Russ said screw it. Just I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with this put on. I'm done with I'm just we just got to we got to win this Just going to play. I'm just going to play. And it felt like that and it at three and nine, soon to be three and ten, down two touchdowns or whatever it was at the time. It's very easy for Russ to put on the right turn blinker, make a business decision, and get out of bounds. If he does that, I don't think anybody's this smart. Like, man, that guy's got to take that hit. No, it's no. just like, oh, you know what? That's a good scramble. Set him up, and they were able to. Maybe they still punch it in anyway. Who knows? But I, I I'm with you, and I'm with Brett Rippin. The fact that. He turned it up and just he got squished from behind, which I don't know if he knew was going to happen or not. But either way, for him to just kind of welcome that punishment, I think is going to do way more for him with this team in the long run than any of the high knees, let's ride, a spicy sandwich, wearing his own jersey to practice. Any of that other hokey stuff doesn't go nearly as far as that one play could. And we just hope that that one play isn't something that leads to yeah bigger problems for Russell Wilson. But I think for him to, to show that determination, though, I, I'm I'm here to try to win this thing. Yeah. And what's been an awful season where he could have easily made, like you said, the classic business decision. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's something that may help finally maybe galvanize this team around him a little bit more. Moving forward. Yeah. All right, got one more. We got Nathaniel Hackett, and uh, this is Hackett after the game with uh, Dave Logan, 850-KOA. I said at the end of the game there are no moral victories, but I tell you what, you guys, when you're down 27 nothing, could have packed that thing in, and it could have been really ugly. Um, you, you have to find a way to win the game, but I know you're proud of the effort your guys displayed here in the second half and late in the first half. You are so right. I mean, being in a situation like that versus a great team like the Kansas City Chiefs, our team had two choices, and they picked to keep battling. And I appreciate that so much from them, and it was fun to watch. And the just from the turnovers to the offense being able to capitalize off of it and move the ball and do what we did, have another explosive play to Marlin. You know, so many people are having to come in and step up. We lost some more guys, but... They, keep, they all keep battling who's, whoever's out there. Yeah, I thought uh, you, you're without Cortland, obviously. You've been without Tim Patrick. You're without K.J. Hamler. But I thought Jerry Judy stepped up today. I mean, he had eight catches 
for 73 yards. And, and I thought he was the guy that Russell and, and even Brett looked to when he was in the game. No doubt. And they did a good job. They took him away. They doubled him quite a bit throughout the game. So other people had to make some plays. And when they did single him up, they were able to find him. So they had a good plan for Jerry. And we, had a, we were able to... Get a couple balls to him. Yep. Last thing here, you you guys are three and ten, and I know again there are no moral victories, but can you can you take positives out of this game and and somehow um, get the team to buy into that these last four games of this season? You can always pull some positive out of it. I mean, yep. it's always frustrating because the goal is to win. I mean, we've lost a lot of close games. We got to find a way to finish, and we got to continue to grow together. Okay, coach. Thanks for the time. Thank you. All right, Dave Logan with Nathaniel Ackett. Broncos host Arizona Sunday here on the team. Pre-game at noon, 2.05 kickoff. Cardinals are on the team tonight when they take on New England for Monday Night Football. Pre-game at 5.30. Time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Uh, when people get near the end of their career and they get hurt, sometimes they're just like, yeah, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to do the rehab. Well, Vonnie Football, noted former Denver Bronco, kind of is the other way, as he tells Pat McAfee last week. Maybe. Well, that was big lead up to a want want. Vaughn, what, uh, what exactly was the plan going into your surgery? At least I know, like, reported they're saying it was exploratory and then they found ACL was torn. Did you know, like, did you all of a sudden wake up and they said, hey, we had to fix your ACL? Sorry. Like, how does that work? Um, you know, um, before um, I went, you know, down to Dallas to see Dr. Cooper, um, you know, we had the MRIs and we looked at it. And on the MRI, the ACL wasn't torn. So that was great news. Um, but when we um, got ready to do the scope um, surgery, you know, he told me that he was going to take a look at it. And if it was compromised, then we would address it. And I thought that was uh, – you know, the best case. If this was like my last year, and if this is like my last year that I planned on playing the NFL, and you know, you don't you don't opt for this route. But you know, I wanted to, um, I really wanted to make a decision that gave me the best chance to get back on the field this year, and then still looked out for my long term health as well. So, you know, I, when he got in there, you know, if it was going to be good, if it was, if he felt like it was a um, a spot, if he felt like my my knee was at a spot where I could just do the scope and come back and play this season, then that's what we would do if he felt like you know it was going to be um if it was going to hinder me or have any type of long-term lasting effects uh, by just you know scoping and letting me play then you know he opted for uh you know the acl revision so you know he got in there and it um and it didn't look good so we we opted for the uh, acl revision and you know i came out of surgery hoping for one knee you know to be sore and you come out and you got surgery and the other knee to, to get it done so and he's looking forward to attacking the rehab but that's not a guy that, if you're going to attack the rehab, you usually intend to come back and play. Yeah, I think but there's... He kind of snuck it in there that this was the last year he was going to play. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely, yeah, he wants to get back on the football field. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens after this season, if he can get back on. It's going to be tough. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really, really tough. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back. Uh, text or call us today. you got the good, the bad, the ugly. Thoughts on the Broncos coming up short against the Chiefs yesterday. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. 
good, the bad, the ugly. Broncos come up short against the Chiefs yesterday. Pedro Mesa men's basketball team, after uh, losing both their games to open up Armac play last week into Brownson, they went on the road to UCCS on Friday, get a win there, and then knock off Regis on Saturday as the Maverick men pick up a 71-65 to victory. And uh, after the game on Saturday, uh, Rio had the chance to talk with uh, assistant coach Kyle Boucher about the Maverick win over the Rangers. If that uh, works sure. for you. Yeah, whatever you like. All right. Sorry about the delay. We got caught up with a recruit there. Oh, you're fine. No problem. I'll get uh, with you okay. in three, two, one. Mavs assistant coach Kyle Boucher joining us as part of the postgame show. Mavs with a 71-65 win over Regis. And Kyle, you guys jumped out to that nice big lead there. And uh, you you used uh, Reese Johnson. He scored all eight of your first uh, eight points. Was that game plan trying to get Reese more looks or is it just kind of how that worked out you know actually there was uh, most of the time we would say that's just kind of how it works out because we have a you know open man gets the ball offense uh, but tonight we did really feel like based on our scouting and uh, based on how Reese had been playing the last few games we felt like it was important to get him going early we felt like opportunities were there the way Regis was defending us and uh, Reese made us look like a pretty smart coaching staff. Absolutely did. A couple of long-distance shots and a couple of drives. And, you know, down low, it seemed Regis kind of had a problem with, with anybody you set down a low post. Trevor Baskin, Mac Rineker, who we'll get to more in-depth coming up in a little bit. Reese, Blaze 3, had some transition baskets as well. Was that something that you were able to see on film from the Rangers that you knew that if you could get down in, in the low block, the painted area, that you'd be able to have some success? Yeah, we know from years past that uh, their coaching staff does a great job of game planning game to game, and we knew they'd have some wrinkles for us. So we did kind of anticipate that that would be the case. Uh, they decided to switch their guards onto uh, Mac and Trevor most of the night, and uh, we felt like we'd, our guys did a great job of taking advantage of that. They had you know, the threat of the mess, mismatch inside, and whether we threw it in there and got a bucket or uh, baited the defense to collapse and over-pursue on that and we're able to find shots elsewhere. So we were really happy with the way the guys executed. There were times in the first half it felt like you guys could kind of score at will. Then in the second half it was like somebody flicked a switch. You guys, you went ice cold and you turned a 12-point advantage into a 5-point hole. What happened there? Yeah, I'll be real honest with you. That's uh, that's the challenge for this year's team is that uh, when we're clicking and uh, we're firing all cylinders and all five guys are a threat, and ball and body are moving, we're really tough to stop. But when we do get, you know, think it's going to be easy and think we can uh, force things into the paint and we get a little more individual-centric, um, that becomes a problem. So lucky for us, we have super high-character kids, super talented kids. They want to do things the right way. They're buying in. It's just about executing that consistently for 40 minutes, uh, and tonight we did it for about 20 or 30 Big weekend for Macarinaker sets a career high last night in Colorado Springs against the Mountain Lions, and tonight only has eight points, but he has six of them in a span of about 90 seconds when you guys really needed somebody to kind of step up with some baskets and to kind of calm things down a little bit. Turns a five-point hole into a three-point lead that you guys never turned back. <laughs> I mean, Mac Rineker is a one-of-a-kind. Uh, he is someone we loved coming out of Steamboat Springs. But we thought he would be a totally different player than what he's become. He's gone a totally different direction than what we anticipated. We thought he was going to be a point guard for us, and turns out he is 
one of the most physical small ball centers you will find at any level anywhere. And he is just a blast to coach, and it's just a pleasure to have him on our side of the ball. And he's becoming a fan favorite. I mean, anyone that gets a chance to go watch him out in Grand Junction at Bronson Arena can't miss a chance to watch Mac Rineker. He's as tough as they come.